might call it my backyard laboratory, you know, my workshop away from work. Some of the things I was planning, like Disneyland, for example, it's pretty hard for the banking mind to go with it. I had to go ahead on my own. And it's pretty hard to sell people on what you have in your mind. So you have to go ahead and develop. That's what I've been doing with Wet. I can do things in Wet without asking anyone, even my wife. Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm Matt Palmer with my co-hosts, John Grosso and Paul Jarzembalski. Welcome, fellas. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Matt. We got a, we got a humdinger of an episode today. Indeed we do. Um, if you're just joining the podcast, this podcast is just three friends sitting around and talking about their favorite elements of Disney parks. And this week's topic is we're going full blue sky. We're sharing our dream if we had an unlimited budget. What land would we build and what park would we put it in? Um, if you're an Imagineer at heart, this is the episode for you. But first, let's do a little round the horn and talk about what's making us happy in Disney this week. Who wants to kick us off? I can do it. Awesome. Well, I am excited um, because, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're moving into the fall and that means that there's house decorating to be done. Um, and uh, one of the things that kind of as the, 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 as the daylight hours shrink, one of the things that does make us happy is being able to decorate for the holidays. And so we actually already put out our tree. Um, but we put um, fall foliage in the Christmas tree and fall decorations. Um, and uh, we have several Disney-themed uh, ornaments and Disney-themed uh, items around the house that kind of go with the fall Halloween time frame. So, um, so I'm very excited about being able to decorate for, um, for the fall, for Halloween, that, that the, the September, October time frame. Um, and specifically... Uh, put up some Disney, uh, like almost like the booty you type, you know, haunted mansion type decorations. So, um, so that's kind of just been one of those things. It's, a, it's something that really does us make us happy each year. Um, and it's and the, the room in our house that is kind of where we where we relax every night. Um, it's got a lot of Disney stuff in it. So of course, decorating that room just illuminates that room even more. Um, so we're, we're very, we're very excited. That makes us happy this week. Um, uh, kind of move into a new season while summer is my favorite season. It is really fun to, uh, to kind of make the fall and the winter a little more joyous with some lights and decor decorations. The Jarzembowski house gets a holiday overhaul and an overlay. Fantastic. Matt, are you up? Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, I'm not going to steal yours, John. But Oh, um, I'll fight you. <laughs> I, um, I, offline, us fellas have been having a text conversation about the, uh, some of the prices involved with Space 220. And I, I, you know, I, honestly, my jaw was on the floor when I first saw the prices. But then I started seeing some of the tour videos on YouTube over the last couple of days. And I realized that Disney, when they throw their weight around um, and let Imagineers be Imagineers, magic can still happen. Um, There's some really impressive things happening there. They really utilize screens in a beautiful way. And if you haven't seen any of these, please get on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, the new Space 220 uh, restaurant at Epcot, it really is an impressive feat. Um, now I just wish they would put it in Galaxy's Edge and see what happens there. I wonder yeah. if it's a preview, Matt, of what we're going to see. Well, what you, the three of us will probably never see, but that we'll see via YouTube, the Star Wars Hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm going to be just watching all the YouTube videos oh, that yeah. weekend. But I wonder if sort of the technology, the feel, the look is something that we'll see replicated uh, a little bit 
um, in the Star Wars yeah. hotel. So. I feel like they're going to probably take some of the tech that that it's built on Star Tours, where it's almost built on a little bit of a rotator, where sometimes if uh, the ship gets attacked or something like that, it might rock a little bit. Yeah, I um, yeah, you you did. I uh, up until this morning, you stole mine, but um, uh, my jaw hit the floor. I I, I mean, I, I still uh, prices are prices. Um, but uh, take that out of the equation. Um, I think that it was a real triumph of Imagineering. And it's nice to see Imagineering do something uh, not heavily or not really at all IP based that fits in with the original mission mission and intent. Like it is a seamless and perfect addition to Epcot, old and new, the edutainment. Um, so uh, that was my, uh, that was, but it's, it's not. So I, um, I'll allow it. All right, John. So what so, was it? What is it? So this morning, um, when getting ready for work, I usually put on some kind of show um, that I'm watching just to sort of take my mind off of the fact that I'm, you know, got to go to work for eight, 10 hours, even though I love my job. Uh, And so this morning I started watching Doug Days. And, uh, you know, Paul did say it was sort of the last, uh, you could hear Ed Asner again. And so, and I loved Up and I watched it and my God, that show is just a delight. Um, you know, we, you boys know, uh, the, for the listeners, we have a golden retriever, uh, named Ellie who made an appearance on the post, uh, you know, in the, this happy podcast after dark, uh, last week. And, um, Doug reminds me so much of Ellie. So I was just, uh, just entranced by the, uh, adorableness, the storytelling, um, the just cute emotional moments, um, you know, spoiler alert, but my heart basically shattered into a million pieces of, of, of love when Doug called, um, uh, Carl Papa. Yep. Done. I was done. I texted, uh, my wife who was downstairs and texted Nicole and you are going to cry. Like it's, it's really sweet. We need to watch this together, but Usually if something involves dogs or baby Yoda, I have to pre-screen it for her before she'll watch it so that she knows that nothing happens to either one of those precious things. So that's what's making me happy. I just, it is just a delight. I'm two or three episodes in, I'm laughing, I'm getting emotional. uh, I'm meditating on, you know, the unconditional love of dogs. Um, I'll wait until that last episode. That's all I'm going to say is get to that last episode. And if you thought you were close to Waterworks before, you're going to need a box or two of tissues. Oh, I'm no. Sure. Oh, no. Yeah, I haven't made my way through either. And I've only taken a few episodes. They are wonderful. Um, yeah, they are. And so I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten there yet. So thanks for the warning. It, it is. That little series is a reminder of what Pixar can be when it's truly on top of its game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as a as a fan of Pixar, I feel like the last couple of years they've kind of tried to find their new voice. Um, but Doug Days feels like a throwback to some some really pure classic Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. Are we ready to jump into uh today's topic? Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm I can't wait. Head first, all three of us. All right. So Here's the premise. The Walt Disney Corporation is handing you several billion dollars, maybe unlimited dollars, and telling you to go build your dreamland. What is it? Where is it going? What rides are there? So, I know somebody is very excited for this topic. Paul, let's go, bud. I know, we all are. but it'll be- America Adventure. Oh, no, Monorail Red, the land. You know, you'd think that would be it, but no, no, that's not where I went. I'm ready. Tell me. Well, okay, so it is in the Magic Kingdom. Um, you have to, I, okay, so in some way, and I'm not sure how the backstage exactly works, but you can either enter it by way of Main Street or Frontierland. So I'm not sure how you would construct it, but whatever, it's going to happen. Um, I've got a lot of money, so I can build it to go around the backside of the park because both lands will feed into this. And this is called the Gilded City USA. So 
Um, I also thought of Jazz City, USA, but I'm landing on Gilded City because it's it's evoking the Gilded Age America. It's the city. So in Disney World or the Magic Kingdom and in Disneyland, Main Street, USA is small town USA at the turn of the century. But where I'm going is more the city. Um, Somewhere between circa the city, and I'm thinking city, when I think of city, I'm thinking either like Chicago or New York or combination of both. So it'd probably be like, a, like kind of like Main Street is. It's kind of amorphous. It doesn't really have a specific, but it evokes both Chicago and New York from about 1893 to 1945, um, which would be around the Gilded Age moving into World War II. Um, so again, it, it comes off of Frontierland because Frontierland kind of moves in the direction that way, historically speaking, that's kind of where we were as a country. And also Main Street, because you've got small town and big city. So you kind of have can go between both. I want you to kind of like imagine that like Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin is like the, the background music to this. Um, it's playing in the streets. Um, I think it also kind of has homages to like the World's Fair of Chicago's of 1893, uh, 1933, 1934. Rides, I'm thinking a Zeppelin ride. I'm thinking, you know, well, first of all, this, this city will have skyscrapers. And so like to tether itself to a skyscraper would be a Zeppelin ride. I'm not sure if it's going to go around, but we'll figure it out. But there's going to be a, an experience of riding a Zeppelin over an, an early 20th century city um, would be fun. Um, I'm also one of the other, one of my, actually my favorite Disney character, aside from Mickey Mouse, um, is, uh, is, is Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Um, and, um, and so I think Scrooge would be very much at home in the Gilded City USA ambiance. In fact, I think at the top of the hill, at the back of this, is Scrooge Money Bin. And so I think there should be a ride where you're, you're in a race to save the number one dime of Scrooge McDuck. And your reward at the end of it is an opportunity to swim in the money bin. Um, so just to swim through the coins like he does uh, in the cartoon. Um, and, and the Beagle Boys um, is kind of like evoking like the gangsters of New York or, or Chicago of the, of the 1920s. Um, but, you know, you kind of have that. That's the kind of some of the property as I think that would be there. You maybe do a ride around in some of the Al Capone hideaway type things. Um, I'm seeing uh, a subway ride, perhaps. And that's maybe how you get, you know, so move over Utilidors. Um, we're going to have a subway ride, an old fashioned subway. And maybe that also goes to an, to an L train. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm speaking to my Chicago roots here, trying to really get through all this. Um, there's for restaurants. And this is where I'm getting also even more, more than the rides. I'm excited about the restaurants because I'm thinking we've got these nice urban restaurants. We could have an Italian, an African-American, an Irish, a Puerto Rican. Uh, we can have diners um, that are like, you know, evocative of the city. Um, I'm thinking at one of the skyscrapers, there can be a top of the city bar and restaurant that looks out. Uh, and so you kind of feel maybe it's what you do after you go on your Zeppelin ride, you get out, you go to the top of that skyscraper and you have drinks or a restaurant at the top there. I'm thinking jazz clubs. I'm thinking piano bars, speakeasies, big band dance halls um, with crooners, with George Gershwin music. Um, I'm thinking a dinner theater. I'm thinking Broadway. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is getting big. So, you know, so you have Disney Broadway shows. Is this a that, park or a land? Where does this, this is go? One heck of a land. I'm is this a second tier on top of the existing Magic Kingdom and the Utilidors are now like level <laughs> negative three? No, I'm telling you, we're just plowing. We're, we're, we're just, we're. All right, we're, keep going, keep going. going. Okay. So we've got Broadway shows. We've got, we've got old movie halls. So you can see like, like original 1928 1930s uh disney movies steamboat like maybe, willie you could see steamboat willie which you can do in disneyland but i'm thinking like feature length like there's one night where we show the original seven dwarves you know Snow white and the seven dwarves um you know we show some of those classic movies in an old-time movie hall evocative of the of the city you know because they cities used to have movie palaces that weren't just like your 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 random box theaters no these were movie palaces 
And that's what we're talking about. Um, again, I'm kind of speaking to my Chicago roots of like the Chicago theater, which was an old time uh, movie hall. Um, think of the holidays too. I mean, think about, um, well, again, going back to my Chicago roots, you know, I'm thinking St. Patrick's Day Parade uh, in March. Um, I'm thinking in the summer of 4th of July in the city with fireworks there. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking of, of Thanksgiving, maybe a Thanksgiving Day Parade uh, evocative, evocative of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or Christmas, Christmas in the city. Um, think about the, the like, like Central Park type Christmas. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, all of that. You can do a lot of these things. New Year's Eve in the cityscape. I mean, so there's a lot. I think the holidays can be a lot of fun. Again, you go for a theater, you go for something to eat. Um, I, I just see, as, to me, I just feel like there's a lot of small town. There's frontier that's in um, the Magic Kingdom, but there's not a city. Um, and, I, and again, I want it to be kind of vaguely New York and Chicago-ish in this, you know, and I said 1893 because that's when the Columbian exhibition in Chicago was. In 1945, it kind of, I, I want to include things like, like it would be great to have every now and then, like, now I'm not saying like a sailor would like kiss you, uh, kiss ladies as they go by, like the, like the painting, like the photograph, you know, after winning World War II, but like, you know, you kind of have that celebratory, you know, spirit as well. But, but I want it like, that's the, that's the kind of time frame I want. Um, and you could fit twenties, you could hit thirties, you could hit uh, the, the aughts and the teens, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the city life that really was in the United States that I think could be fascinating. And I think it would also be great to, to highlight many of the, of the cultures, of the cultural communities that really uh, rose to prominence in cities in that era um, and what that could be about. So that's where my mind went. I, I thought a lot about the cities and yeah, Gilded City USA adjacent to uh, Frontier and Main Street USA. Um, so, so it would be, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a Disney Magic Kingdom map. So I'm looking at it. Are I'm actually talking? pulling one up right now. So <laughs> physically, it would be like, say where the Haunted Mansion is, and then the back half of the Rivers of America leading I'm, in the frontier. I'm also, I'm almost thinking that it almost, um, like you would, there's an, a parade entrance behind Splash Mountain. Um, I'm thinking you would start there and make your way around. I think, I think actually the backstage areas actually do stretch from that entrance uh, uh, that, that you would get by Splash Mountain. And it curves around basically to Main Street where the, um, uh, not I guess it's the firehouse is um, that in, there, there. So that would be, I guess, where I would put. So obviously the backstage would have to move <laughs> because I'm putting a landing. Well, Paul, mm -hmm. the way that that works out is you'd be, you'd have your um, Gilded City USA right by the monorail line. So you would be able to be in the Gilded City USA and see monorail red at the same time. And monorail red is very art can be in well actually no disneyland's monorail is art, art deco, deco yeah. so that one evokes that kind of uh what if monorail red got a little upgrade you know she got a new dress she wants to impress you <laughs> paul wow. shakes his head so, so i'm uh, loving oh, no, the idea ahead, yeah no go like, ahead matt i'm loving the idea paul and like so here's where my mind is going is it almost like to me feels like it also could create another entrance to the park. Yeah. And like creates like, if you were to look at it from above, almost like if you have the entrance of Main Street USA, it would be like the answer to that, but with rides. Yeah, I would say that, that yeah, like you could either enter the, you can either enter by Main Street or you could enter um, you could enter in the city. So the city or the small town is your entranceway into Disney, which I think is a nice symmetry of sorts so that you're, you always enter in this kind of turn of the century plus experience. It's just, do you want to enter it with small town USA or do you want to enter it with big city USA? Uh, so hear me out, Paul. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal idea. You know, Walt Disney also had an incredible idea about an experimental prototype community of tomorrow. This is more like an experimental prototype community of yesterday. So more of an epcoy, if you will, but themed. 
why don't we take it out of the Magic Kingdom where space constraints are just so difficult and fully flesh out this thematic city for people to live in? And then, you know, the restaurants sound great, but I didn't hear you mention Lou Malnati's or Permanti Brothers, my two most favorite Chicago things ever, um, which I assume would be in the land or in the Epcoy version of this idea. I'm gonna I think have you just to... glossed over that. You know what? Just because I want the residual income, I'm just going to have to give a shout out to Portillo's, um, which I oh would yeah, Portillo's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where I I think. got confused with Permanti Brothers being Pittsburgh. You know, Portillo's is the best. The chocolate cake shake for the win. Please don't kill me, Chicago people. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh my uh, gosh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. See, I want to take your actually... land. I want to take your land and just drop it over tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrowland. <laughs> that's the idea. But then there would be no future. Well, I guess the future would be in Epcot, I guess. <laughs> yes. In yes. Exactly. You, you could have I had to mute so myself many, for that part. I'm laughing too hard. But nothing says turn of the century, 20th century, um, or mid 20th or 1920s like Tron. So <laughs> well. That's where it all falls apart. I think they're com- I think they're committed to to that location with Tomorrowland. I think they are, and I'm so, fine with it. Actually, actually, one of my initial when I, when you first talked about this, one of the initial ideas I had was a total revamp of Tomorrowland. But I thought that wasn't really new as much as it was like a major makeover. Um, so if we have our if we have a, a great Disney makeovers, um, I think Tomorrowland is where I'm going to go with that. Um, but I wanted a new land altogether. And I just noticed that Hollywood Studios somewhat tries to get to it, but I feel like we need, we need, we need city, but I I don't want like, I want that kind of classic gilded age type city. So anyway, that's, that's where I went. I love it. I love it. All right. So I'm next, right? Yes, you are. Let's let's hear from you. All right. If it's Zootopia, I'm logging off. First of all, that's going in Animal Kingdom. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. But, so, um, I've been accused of being a Magic Kingdom file. Um, that, like, I focus all my energy for Magic Kingdom. Um, those are the accusations amongst this crew. But, but, I'll say this. I've been dreaming about a new land in Hollywood studios. Um, Because even though that park has gotten a ton of touches over the last five to six years with the, with Toy Story land and now galaxy's edge, um, Mickey's runaway railway. I think um, what I'd like to do is take that left side of the park. If you're walking in, you look at, the Chinese theater, you arrive at the man's Chinese theater and you see Mickey's runaway railway and over to the side, over to, if you look over to the side, you see, um, star tours, you see star tours. And then back behind there, you also see, I think the, the New York area with, uh, the Muppets theater. Now I love Muppets four day. Um, and I, and I, and I like star tours. But Star Tours doesn't really need to be there anymore, considering there's Galaxy's Edge right at the back of the park. So here's what you got to do. You got to take down everything in that area. And I'm including the Indiana Jones stunt show. So so including all of Echo Lake, Matt? Yes. All right. All of it's got to go because there's one property that Disney has flirted with from a film perspective and just a little bit uh, in the rides that needs a little Disney collaboration. And that's the land of Oz. So over the years, Disney has made two different Oz related films, 1985's very odd cult classic return to Oz. If you want some nightmare fuel, cue that movie up. Um, well, hold on, I just have to pause. Up. Really, Paul and I are 
vigorously nodding in opposite directions <laughs> right now. Um, I was, I was, I saw the movie on, uh, I believe it was HBO in 1986, a year after it bombed in the theaters. And you never slept again. Like, if you had told me that there was a, yes, if you had told me that Disney was going to make a Disney film, but the darkest Disney film imaginable, and release that to the theaters with no music, I would have just been shocked. And then they returned to the Oz property in 2013 with Oz the Great and Powerful, which also is a little bit of a failure. Um, lots of talented people in there. It just... It doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, it definitely wants to evoke the uh, 1939 classic film. So, um, one of the things that people really miss about the great movie ride exiting are some of the scenes that stand out. So, Disney had a moment on the great movie ride with The Wizard of Oz. Let's extrapolate the various journeys of Dorothy from Kansas to Oz. We get a we get a we we follow the Yellow Brick Road. When we get there, we land in the house. We we can take part in a twister ride, a, like a omni mover ride that even sort of has that free floating feeling and gets moving and gets lifted up. You know, some of the technology you see uh, in Galaxy's Edge with Rise of the Resistance, like that free-floating um, trackless ride takes somebody up in a circle, um, you get caught, and then you come back down, and all of a sudden you go to the next part of the land. You meet, you know, in this day and age, you probably won't meet munchkins, but you will be in munchkin land where you can taste various candies. People can offer you the lollipop guild, can offer you lollipops and, and various treats uh, and you can be visited and, and visit, have a meet and greet with Glenda, the good witch. And as you move through, you, you meet the, the characters of, of the scarecrow and the tin man and the cowardly lion. And then you, you, you're trying, you, you arrive at Oz's castle um, and you get all the music that comes with the movie. Um, I think, you know, all of this is predicated on Disney sitting down with Warner Brothers and saying, listen, you worked out with uh, with uh, Universal to uh, you worked out with Warner Brothers and Universal to make the Harry Potter world. We will bring this to a reality. So you have the Oz Castle in one part of the land. And on the other side of the land, you have the Wicked Witch's Castle. And in between, you have a ride where you hang underneath the tracks. The flying monkeys escort you in sort of a roller coaster slash uh, old Skyway ride, maybe a Peter Pan's technology where you ride from one end to the other. You get like the Hogwarts Express kind of, you're transferring from one end to the other and you arrive and you help Dorothy and her friends. It's an adventure, a land that starts at one place and ends with the climactic battle with the Wicked Witch of the West. And you have a ride there that, that really... You see the, the her guards going by. You have the guards saying, oh, we, oh, oh. Every last bit of it is immersion. You are immersed in the adventure of Oz and the adventure of Dorothy and her friends. Um, I think the, the possibilities are endless. You know, like so many people have tried to tap into the magic of the 1939 movie, including Disney, and they've had trouble replicating it. So I think they sit down at the table with Warner Brothers. They hash this out and they bring that wonderful music that would just make people tear up at moments and also feel adventure. Uh, maybe even you have it at one point in the Oz castle, you, you have uh, the Wizard's castle, you have the, their version of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique where you can get styled, you know, in funny ways like the Cowardly Lion, get the nice haircut with the big perm or whatever. Um, there's just so many possibilities um, and people would be singing along all throughout. It's just, I feel like it's, it's absolutely magic in a bottle. And if they can capitalize on, it, I would love it. I would pay a lot of money for either of you to go to the Oz Bippity Boppity Boutique and get the perm. Oh, I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm letting my hair go. I'm letting it grow. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. But so, if you, oh, go ahead, Paul. 
Well, no. So you 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 got us you got us all the way up to the flying monkeys, but then you left us there. So the question is: is do we get to go home in a balloon of some sort from your land? Oh, of course, of course. That thank you. I think my ideas stoked your ideas. Once you're able to beat the wicked witch, you take part in this adventure, and then all of a sudden, like you could use the technology that you see right now with Epcot with Space Two Twenty, where they have the Stellivator, but instead of um, instead of that, you, you jump in a hot air balloon or you click your heels three times and you're transported back to the beginning of the land. And what if there was a special day where you actually could only wear black and white in one part and then you could wear like there was like, a, you know, like a black and white version and then there was a color version? Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. The Kansas part, the entry part of the land would be all the buildings would be in black and white. Beautiful. Everything would be, and then you, once you would transfer over and get to the yellow brick road, and you you brought the house landing, and after that first introductory ride experience, all of a sudden everything is in big, beautiful, bright Technicolor. Yeah, you have to have that's like the the quintessential moment need, of that movie. It's, it's it's almost using the same sort of thought process of the the rise of the resistance when you get off the ship and you come out, and all of a sudden you're on the the yeah. Uh, Star or destroyed. Uh, Diagon Alley, almost too. When you kind of yes. like, right? Yes, yeah. you, you're you're being escorted to the next part of the adventure, and it's it's I just eye it. popping. Man, that's great. And by the way, as a means of cross promotion, I'm happy in Gilded City, USA, <laughs> that one we could definitely have previews because it is a 1939 movie. It does take place yes. within my time frame. So I'm happy to give you that cross publicity promotion in the Magic Kingdom, that extra land there. I would love it. Yeah. I would love it. And and who wouldn't want a meet and greet pick with the Wicked Witch of the West, Dorothy, the Tin Man? You know, everybody tries their hand at this. You know, like even a local uh, regional park here in Maryland has a Wizard of Oz theme, but there's only so far they can go with it. Right. Uh, like there, there's limits to their imagination and here with our unlimited Disney bucks. I, yeah. A little bit more also than what I remember. I'm just having a scene from the Christmas story um, where there's the, uh, the wicked witch and uh, all of the characters who are like, Ralphie's kind of have it in his yes. night. Hopefully it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, like all experiences at Disney parks, when you meet the uh, meet the villain characters, they put you. They put you. On, they keep you on your toes, but they're never. Right. They're never going to harm you. That's good to know. Yeah. No, it we're is- not talking about Halloween Horror Nights, sir. <laughs> Although <laughs> that could be that could be part of the not so maybe somewhat scary Halloween in Oz. Can you imagine a projection screen over top of the land at one point when the Wicked Witch goes over and it says to render Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine walking through a part of the land that's the forest and that's when you get picked up and you're you're taken through the forest by the flying monkeys? That'll be the nightmare fuel part of the the ride. No, it's odds. There has to be some nightmare fuel. Yes. Yes. And Walt Disney's uh, complete approach was sometimes you got to scare them to let them know they'll be okay in the end. Yep. Yeah. That's wonderful. I like that. Awesome. So, John. John oh, geez. No pressure. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's going to be hard to follow up both of those, but uh, let me set the stage here. Um, you know that you boys have heard me um, opine about how Hollywood Studios is this close to becoming sort of a fully realized park. The front half of the park really ought to be uh, fully committed to the Hollywood and that never was and always will be. Take the... Sh- take the um, uh, studios out of it, the actual studio buildings that are just poor excuses to have a show building showing, get rid of them, facade it up, theme it, place make it, get it ready. Because you're going to need to get it ready. Because the back half of the park is going to be your entrance to the movies. It already is. Toy Story, Star Wars. The Wizard of Oz. Of the, and Lord of the... Wizard of Oz, yes, that's right. And Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Now... This will literally never happen. I could confidently tell you that this will never happen for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is the Tolkien estate does not 
really get along with the Disney Corporation. Or anybody. Or anybody. Um, you know, they're sort of like just like J.D. Salinger, but like a lot of them and more uh, accomplished. Um, but it's, it is the last major IP, in my opinion, from sort of the late 90s, early 2000s that has not been realized. You have Star Wars realized which is from the seventies. I understand that, but the prequels were, were all the rage uh, in every sense of the word back, back in that time, uh, Harry Potter at Lord of the Rings needs its due. Um, and if Hollywood studios can be this front half of the Hollywood that never was and always will be Hollywood USA, main street USA, the back half is your entrance into the movies, walking into a, a, a fully realized Lord of the Rings land. That's, in between sort of Sunset Boulevard and Toy Story Land right now, where Voyage of the Little Mermaid is, uh, where Launch Bay is, and all behind in that backstage area, really open it up. The, the, the park is small. You need more land, and it needs more green space. A lot of people will say, well, what are you going to put in the Lord of the Rings land? There's no, it's, you know, it's, it's medieval. Well, that's what the park needs. It needs gorgeous landscaping and forested areas and uh, water features. My gosh, I think Echo Lake is the only thing that only water feature in the whole on the whole park. You walk in to this lush environment. You turn to the left, and there's Minas Tirith. There is a foot, not Beast's Castle, you know, in New Fantasyland. Beast's Castle in Tokyo Disneyland, fully realized in front of you, and that is your entrance to a. Uh, a dark ride, a trackless dark ride uh, in the middle of the battle of Pelennor Fields, which is the penultimate, not the final, but the penultimate battle of, of the series, you know, with the elephants and the sort of the carnage done in a way Disney can do it so that it is not overly bloody or violent. Um, I mean, it will be a little violent. It's a battle, but you, you experience that, you know, the triumph of finally winning. A, uh, a flights of passage type ride where you ride the eagles and escort Frodo and Sam out of Mordor. Since one cannot simply walk into Mordor, Mordor does not appear in Hollywood <laughs> Studios. This is a Gondor ride uh, or a Gondor land on the left. And on the right is Rohan um, with a steeplechase like roller coaster riding the horses that that country is famous for. Uh, in the halls, uh, the great halls uh, that you see in the Two Towers and uh, Return of the King. Perhaps that would be a restaurant where you could partake in a beverage, possibly of the adult variety, maybe just a regular beverage and some good old fashioned meat. I don't know. But for me, um, taking a deep dive into Middle Earth, maybe there is some sort of a people I think would want some sort of a walkthrough um, in a phase two, which, you know, we are rarely ever built uh, of, of Mordor. So maybe you could simply walk into Mordor in phase two. Maybe that's the marketing campaign. I'm going to, I'm going to say something heretical right now. Oh no. Like with your idea, take it and take the greatest ride in that park, the tower of terror and turn that into the eye of Sauron. I would say, why not both? Why not both? Why not have uh, Tower of Terror exist as it currently does, sort of as the sort of because it's the icon of the park? And why not sort of so you walk into this fully realized Lord of the Rings towers? Gone, yes, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was building to. That's what I was building to. And Paul got me Gondor on the left, Rohan on the right, boom, Mordor with a with an eye of Sauron tower, and you know. Uh, it's sort of like how guys, uh, something like to the effect of Geyser Mountain, so um, w- w- which was planned for uh, the Magic Kingdom. So it's sort of the um, hybrid Tower of Terror um, roller coaster type ride system. Um, I think it would be remarkable, just remarkable. Um, you could get lost in it. It's a land unlike any other land in the sort of the Disney parks here uh, in the United States, and it would breathe life and energy into the park. It would give it much needed green space and water features. Um, 
it would be a different genre of movie that's right now not at all present in my idealized, realized version of Hollywood Studios. But I was so excited. I mean, I had a million ideas for for this, but could I just I just could imagine I can imagine walking in there and hearing that sort of triumphant music um, of the Fellowship of the Ring. The ring goes south when they're all kind of posing, walking bum, over the mountain. Yep. I think we can end the podcast right there. I think actually that we will totally the, not get sued for any sort of sound things because that sounded nothing like how <laughs> no, before, but it was our feeble attempt. <laughs> We've crossed the threshold here, boys. I love it. I actually, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm imagining myself at night, the eye of Sauron, like, right. Like lights up different people. Like, like, like you walk in and like all of a sudden, like the lights on you and then it goes over there. I think but it'd I'm be also, amazing. I'm also thinking like when you talk about the green space, my mind went to one of my favorite places in the Lord of the Rings is kind of the tree beard kind of like forests. And, you know, like I'm thinking, um, especially with ecology and uh, environmental issues, that what a great message. And, you know, especially making that green space truly green, um, a place to walk. I think there could be also just like the Elvish kingdoms could be within this um, mm-hmm. and don't worry about a phase two because remember matt said you have endless money so there's no need to worry about you a phase. Just, you can just keep paying phase one phase two and phase three could all be done at once well if uh, that's the case Treebeard, the ent forest as you said it's getting its land um did you say hobbiton i didn't the hobbit, shire we, did better be, we have we to put i didn't even put talk about hobbiton we got to no. get the shire in there wow yeah and at some point you can have a beer at the prancing pony yes you have so. to have a beer at the prancing pony and i think second, like you, second if, breakfast if, would always have to yes, be served yes yep there have yes. to be strawberries if um if you wind up in gondor i think there has to be somebody a cast member always dressed up as the steward of gondor eating things very sloppily yes <laughs> and you just got to sit there and watch them they need to be tomatoes or grapes, something that when you bite into it, it explodes out the other end. Um, you know. Yes. Yes, yes. I agree. I, yep. I like this, John. I really do. I think I actually now with both of your ideas, like like I like the idea of like making the front of the park truly like just committing to that Hollywood like like Hollywood land of sorts. Yeah, that roaring then, 20s Hollywood land. But then letting like each of these major movie properties have a, a, a Wizard of Oz on the left and a, and, and a, a Lord of the Rings somewhat to the right and up, up a little. Like I'm, I'm seeing this, like this could, this is epic. This is like several movies. And you, and again, the entranceway is through Hollywood land. So yeah, I'd also it, be happy. I don't know. I think, Here's the thing in the bookshops in my king in, in my land here, because Lord of the Rings would have appeared in that time period in book form, not in movie form. So in the bookshops, we'll definitely cross promote your land. So we're all three uniting. There, there, there's that cross promotion. I mean, yes, oh, it would be awesome. It, it, I would love it gets me so excited. Not just the Lord of the Rings part that gets me really jazzed. And I think it's time for a rewatch. But uh it, Hollywood Studios is so close to to just if they just yeah. leaned in a little a little harder. I mean, it's your gateway to the movie. You could live your adventure, anyways. Well, that's I think that's what, that's what Galaxy's Edge. I think because before they used to have a ride that evoked that movie, like the Indiana Jones Adventure or uh, you know Rock and Roller Coaster was just, or even Tower of Terror was just one ride that evoked that film. I think now with Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, I think now Hollywood Studios can really think about movie lands and a whole land area dedicated to one film as opposed to just one random ride, which it never really made sense to me why like Aerosmith and Twilight Zone um, and Beauty and the Beast were like all across the street from each other. Like, like what weird movie Sunday afternoon did you just go to when you saw all of those together at one time? (laughs) Like that, see that's, and that's, I think where Hollywood studios missed the mark, except for the front of the park is Disney does immerse immersion very well. But when you just do a one-off ride, you're not really immersing people like Adventureland, Frontierland, 
even Tomorrowland immerses you in that theme. It's not just one ride, which I think is where Hollywood kind of went off the track, except for its front area, which was very immersive. But everything else is, yeah. One ride, like you said, like Matt, you were talking about um, the Star Wars ride, um, or the 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 what do you, what's that? I uh, not Galaxy's Edge, the other. Are you talking about Star Tours? Star Tours, yeah. Like Star Tours just feels kind of like randomly out of place next to now the Muppets. Like it just is like, huh? I, and 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 when I look at that uh, that area, the queue line has Endor. Yeah. But like when you're inside, none of that says Endor. No. Um, so like when I look at it, I'm like, take that Endor um, queue and put that in Galaxy's Edge. And as you expand Galaxy's Edge, yeah. then you bring in the original trilogy as part of that land oh. and the prequel trilogy in some parts of that land. You, you, I have thoughts start... about that. Yeah, that could be. I think Galaxy's Edge could have its own mega expansion. And I think you're right. Just you don't have to take the trees and you're going to put them in the storage. Just move them literally over to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I think that Adat Walker deserves to be right in front of Rise of the Resistance. If you're going to get in, go confront an Adat Walker at one point during the ride, you might as well face one before you mm. before you get in there. Yeah. So, wow, uh, I love these ideas. And for our listeners, um, you can send your questions and comments and your own ideas to us at this happy podcast at gmail.com and i want to share one of our listeners um had some really terrific pitches for us for what land he would set uh he would set up with an unlimited budget and we're talking about listener james behan um and one of the things that he pitched is a villain land a bizarro fantasy land that has taken over Tom Sawyer Island or something around there. There's a villain meet and scoffs rather than a meet and greet, a stop singing along, a stepsister salon, a descendants dance party, which I really, really like as yeah. part of like for the kids and a witch's brew restaurant. Some of the menu items, he says appetizers for Gaston's quiche, um, you know, obviously Gaston's got a presence over over with Beauty and the Beast, um, over in a New Fantasy Land. He talks about entrees with Ursula's fish and chips, which you can see in in The Descendants. Doctor Facilier's uh, jambalaya, frog legs, alligator sausage po'boys. Desserts might have the Evil Queen's apple, um, Cruella Deville's food cake. Really, really terrific idea. Southern Isles. Shore, uh, Shore Bay ice cream specialty drinks. I'm loving this this whole idea though. He says it's a the the crown of villain land is a wicked world. You enter the, a backwards version of the small world boats and what looks like a copy of small world. However, a puff of smoke and Maleficent appears to say, "Oh, this won't do." She points her staff and lightning crack, and you're now on a villain themed small world ride with animatronics of your favorite villains. You reach uh, Yzma and Kronk, and Yzma says, oh, you're welcome. I've been waiting for you. Kronk, pull the lever. I'm all on board with this, by Oh, the way, this sounds guys. awesome. This is fantastic. This is so fun. I know. I have one amendment that I think could be neat. So it's always been my blue sky idea to take It's a Small World and put it in Epcot where it belongs, which opens up that whole back area by Rivers of America and the new fantasy land, which would also line up perfectly with Gaston's Tavern, by the way, if they wanted to kind of like, if you would, that would be the transition. Can oh. you imagine putting that right here, right sort of an offshoot from where the Haunted Mansion is that you transition on that side, you transition on the new fantasy land side. I don't know why they haven't built this today. That is actually brilliant. Yeah, because the Gaston and the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion, while not like villains, it is still haunted. Yeah, it's spooky. It's it's a nice gateway. I like, and then you know you could use Tom Sawyer's backside of Tom Sawyer, or you could just use the backside behind Small World. Um, I kind of like the. So is it like is it a big world after all? I mean, you know, I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> what would be the inverse. But I mean, we have some places we could go with this, but it's an evil world after all. 
Um, Disney, hire this man right now and get it done. It done. I mean, I love, I love that he says if you pull that lever, it's a roller coaster, and you go dropping down. All the safety and security of of no threats whatsoever in Small World, and Isma and Kronk are sending you down a plunge. I would I love that. that. Love it. Well done. Well it. done, James. I I. I, I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, and I think actually Disney did think of a, kind of a little bit of this with Beastly Kingdom back in the day. Um, yeah. To some degree. And um, Bald Mountain too. Didn't Eisner famously, yeah. it was the, they were thinking about adding to the Magic Kingdom's mountain range and they were going to do sort of Villains Mountain or Bald I Mountain. Think, yeah. So so this idea is, is has been raised from time to time in the Disney world. So, uh, so James, I think, I think you may have actually hit a nice, wonderful chord of where it really does fit. And I think the inverse of Fantasyland, because that's where it would essentially be. It would also be behind Fantasyland, which Maleficent would feel wonderfully at home there as well. So it would almost be in the shadow. Yeah. Which is pretty perfect. Yep. Oh, Um, yeah. So, listeners, please share your thoughts, your own ideas. Um, make sure you send them in. At, and we'll, we're going to try to make this a regular occurrence on our show. We're going to open up the mailbag and get to your responses. Um, we're really excited about that and the participation there. So thank you so much, James. Um, fellas, I don't know if we have an idea for what's next, do we? Well, I think the only thing we've thought of is we're approaching the 50th anniversary. So I think let's just say we've got a 50th anniversary, a little bit of a 50th anniversary lead in, I think is where I think. Yeah, actually I do think that's the next episode because that's where we are. So So we'll we'll, maybe a little, a little, a little mystery box of sorts uh, associated with the 50th anniversary. Fantastic. I'm loving it. All right, everybody, you need to subscribe. If you haven't already Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, tune in, get on there, click subscribe, click follow, leave us a review, help us get up in the rankings. Uh, we want to share this podcast with as many people as possible. So share your love of Disney parks with us. Can keep contributing to this happy podcast and please know that you are appreciated and we love talking with you. Um, please join in the conversation. Guys, I really love this blue sky of an episode where we just opened up the pocketbooks and said, you know what, we're going to imagine near. Um, and I want to say this, we, uh, we started off the show um, using some of the audio from uh, the story of Imagineering on Disney+. Plus. Uh, if you haven't already, um, you know, please watch it. There's no better way to feel... Um, like you're following in the footsteps of of true legends and true visionaries like Walt Disney and the Imagineers. Um, and it was a great table setter for us tonight. So thank you for joining us. And we hope you have a great week. We will see you real soon. <laughs>